0: Inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. What makes a great podcast host? Hello, and welcome to this first episode of this year 2024 we are going to have another exciting fireside chat. And for that, we have two super interesting guests. Our first guest is Dr. Elena Faveta. She is an executive communication coach, speaker, TEDx organizer, and university professor. As a professor of SGH Varso School of Economics, she specializes in international business, startup development, and entrepreneurship. Dr. Elena has been organizing TEDx conferences for the last 10 years, and she has hosted the Ideas and Leaders podcast for over three years. Hello, Elena. Hi.
1: Hello, hello.
0: Happy to have you back. And our second guest is Greg Gassin, also known as the Gadget Guy or Gadget Greg. He is a syndicated veteran tech columnist, speaker, author, podcaster, and distinguished Toastmaster. Since 2006, he has produced the award-winning Toastcaster Communication and Leadership Learning Lab and co-hosts the official Toastmasters podcast. He has authored Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies, Helping Readers from 8 to 80, Learn the Secrets of Building Confidence, Leadership, and Communication Skills. Hello, Greg.
2: Hi, Oscar. Good to be back.
0: (laughs) Great to have you back. Fantastic. Nice having you. Happy New Year to both of you. And I'm super excited to have this conversation because I was thinking, myself, I want to become always a better podcast host. And I know some people who are... Starting to become a podcast host, and I want to have great ideas from experienced podcast hosts like you. So, we will have this Farsa chat, and I will just throw the first question and I'll leave you talking for a while. So, let's think of who has inspired you as a podcast host. Please, if you can share the persons and what. What was special about this podcast host that inspired you and, well, I guess, inspired you to become who you are today? Who would like to start?
1: Um, yeah, I, I wanted to start because I wanted to say that, Oscar, actually, you inspired me.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> because
1: your podcast was the first podcast that I was speaking at, at as a guest. I mm-hmm. still remember when we recorded in the Helsinki library and i thought that oh my god it is so complicated the sound and this and that (laughs) and um, they thought that it is an amazing thing to do and later on i was guest at a couple of podcasts still remembering this first experience and thinking how challenging it is it was my first impression but then, as uh, pandemic times came, and uh, I started, I, I was going with this idea of starting podcast for some time. But I st- actually started my podcast "Ideas and Leaders" in 2020, and I I think that the second person who who inspired me and actually also helped me with tech issues was Roy Collin. And he, is, he has now five podcasts, I think. So he, for him, I saw that it is so easy for him. He's just having those multiple businesses and multiple podcasts. And how is he doing all of this? So I asked him, can you help me? And he just gave me tips on what to do, what not to do. And he, this is how I started my podcast. So I think that for me, it was all about breaking this stereotype of... Uh, super complicated thing and just starting doing it and figuring out some of the tech stuff the way
2: well that's pretty good elena that's quite interesting because you stole my thunder because i was going to say oscar is oscar inspires me as well i find that whenever i listen to a podcast i try to listen to not only the guest and what the guest is saying but also the host. I listened for the inspiring questions. And in fact, it was Oscar that introduced me to this fireside chat setup. And I thought it was absolutely phenomenal to have a an informal type back and forth session where it's not just a strictly a Q&A. In fact, it was so inspiring. Oscar had me on his show, I think it was, was it last year? Can't remember exactly when it was, what episode, of course. Oscar can put it in the show notes. But also then I interviewed him about the actual concept. And I've shared that with a number of of other people. So yes, Oscar is certainly inspiring. When I first started podcasting back in 2006, when I was talking to people about podcasts, the first thing they said was, what's a podcast? Because it was still only about, about maybe four or five years old at the time. And I try to pick up different things along the way and different people inspire me, probably at different times because different people are have experience and expertise in different areas. But it's interesting because when we first or- originally started to talk about having this particular topic as a discussion, I had one person in mind, but then as we as we now are in 2024, another person came to mind that uh, I recently s- interviewed for a couple of podcasts. His name is Matt Abraham's and his podcast is called Think Fast Talk Smart the podcaster and he has his branding of think faster and talk smarter that's actually his uh, his latest book that he just released back in the uh, in the fall and matt abrahams he's actually not a podcaster by trade he's actually a lecturer at stanford university's graduate school of business and he is a public speaking expert and impromptu expert and i met him a number of years ago because he does write articles also for the toastmaster magazine and we've interviewed him a number of times and his first his first book was called Was it Speaking Up Without Freaking Out? thought that was a great title. And his latest book, again, it's Think Faster, Talk Smarter. And I guess it's subtitled How to Speak Successfully When You're Put on the Spot. And what I love about Matt is that his words are very purposeful. He's very articulate. He makes sure that what he says comes out as opposed to how sometimes some of us, we get so excited in the moment and we just race through things. And each time, whether he is speaking to answer a question or whether or not he's even asking a question, he has relevant examples. And I think, if I could sum it up for him, is he he likes to teach rather than to preach. Now, one of his superpowers to me is that, well, first of all, he, he ensures that the guest is the star of the show and not him. Because sometimes his knowledge far exceeds that of his guest, but he wants to make sure that, because he brought the guest in for a reason, he wants to make sure that he does pull that information But he has this knack of recapitulating and summarizing what someone has said. So he'll say, what I think you're saying is this. And I recall one time that I asked him, I said, Matt, I said, I listened to your recent interview and I can't remember the guy's name. I should have written it down. And I said, I was just wondering your recap of his question. Did you edit that in afterwards or was that live and on the fly? And he said, that was live and on the fly. So sometimes when we're a host we're sometimes thinking about that next question but what he does is he is listening and it's like omg it's absolutely incredible his recap and then if there's something that isn't clear then he gives the guest an opportunity to uh, to bring that out and i thought that is just it just blows me away blows me away yeah, yeah
1: and also uh, two people came to my mind uh, who inspire me in terms of podcasting i think because they combine their business with podcasting. Because very often people think about podcasting as a separate business, separate project. And you can totally make your podcast included and make it part of your business, make it even a marketing channel, promotion channel for your business or some additional free content that you're sharing with your followers. With, with your tribe for example I love podcasts by denise duffield Thomas I love podcast by amy Porterfield and it uh, we are if we are following those ladies I'm, I'm following them and I I see how many things they are doing in their business and how many projects how many online courses how many speeches and everything they have but at the same time this podcast is uh, is uh, this channel where they share everything that they do on the go with their followers, and this is a free content. So this is something that inspires me a lot. So I try not to not to treat my podcast too, let's say, too seriously. <laughs> so in <laughs> term, meaning that it is not a separate hard project or a big business endeavor i treat podcast as uh, an addition to my business activities that i do something that i want to share with my audience something that i want to add to what i'm already giving to my audience through other different channels and then i think that for the podcast host it is much easier at least for me it, it i think it became much easier when i started treating it like that, because in the beginning when I started, it was so hard because of all the tech issues and all the editing. And every episode was a struggle, struggle with myself. <laughs> but now I'm enjoying the process and I'm enjoying the process as a host. And I'm enjoying the fact that I can give my audience this additional free content
2: It's great that you mentioned it because, again, our time is so valuable. So we can find something that adds value to our business and other people's business and even to their lives. For me, podcasting, I would call it a learning experience. I learn all the time, both as a host and as being a guest as well. And I, I love the fact that you brought that up, that podcasting can be part and parcel of your marketing plan it doesn't sit by itself but it could also have some some value and entertainment and i'm glad you brought that point up because it is totally ironic but the second person or the other person that i had in mind as a podcast host his name is mitch joel j-o-e-l and his podcast is called six pixels of separation and he's i think he's got about a thousand episodes And what he does is he has these weekly conversations with business leaders and thinkers and innovators and and cultural icons. And what he does is he has these conversations where it almost seems like he's the expert, but he brings people people in on, on different types of topics. And what I love what he does is he is always challenging. Like if somebody says something, a bold statement. He'll say, well, why is that so? And are you sure about this? And he'll maybe come from a different perspective or, or take a different position, not because he believes in a different position, but because he just wants to see, almost argue the other side of a conversation. And he's always willing to, to challenge. His episodes are, are an hour. And again, it's nonstop. You want to listen to the whole thing. And it's interesting because he ends off with a theme song that at first I thought, he's playing the whole song. It's like four minutes. And then I find that every time I listen to the episode, I usually listen at 1.25 speed or no, yeah, that's right. 1.25 or 1.5. I slow it down to listen to the song because it's such, it's such a beautiful song. So yeah, that's uh, a really, really good point. So thanks for bringing that up, Elena, because it was like, it, it triggered me to remember the other fellow. So it's Mitch Joel, six pixels of, of separation. So Elena, I'm just curious. What do you think? I mean, we've talked about some of the things we love about our favorite podcasters, the ones that inspire us. What are some of the things that you think make a great podcast host?
1: Yeah, I, I actually wanted to, <clears throat> to say about this challenging, because
2: mm-hmm.
1: this is something that I do as well. And I am when I'm speaking with my guests, ideas and leaders, I'm trying to challenge them. Because, you know, when someone is, is a podcast guest and maybe an experienced podcast guest. They, they usually send their topics, they send their questions they want to get asked. And then it's like, I you know that they already know those answers. And I know that they are experts in those topics. So why not challenge them a little bit and ask them something different and ask a different perspective, approach, from a different angle, say, okay, what you're saying is very good, but what about current business environment? How can you apply this when you have my podcast is about leadership, so mm-hmm. there are interesting leadership theories, and I'm very often I'm challenging my guests and asking, okay, so how do you do this when you have a conflict in the team? How do you do this when uh, you have a deadlines do you do this (laughs) and you know and they're like okay i didn't expect this question and then they start uh, this conversation goes in a very interesting direction because they start thinking on the go they start remembering some of the situations from their lives and i think that this is what we actually want to achieve that we don't want to you know prepared answers for prepared questions, we want to actually have a conversation, real-life conversation. So definitely challenging. Challenging the guests is is my thing. And another thing is, I think, listening. Podcast guests, they're focused on what they want to ask and they have the list of questions and they are not listening. And when I listen to interviews, I can hear it, that there is an answer that... I would ask some follow-up questions on this, but then the podcast host just goes with the agenda of the conversation and the next question is, and I'm like, no, I want to hear more. So I think that listening and adapting to what is going on and where the conversation goes, because sometimes it happens that conversation goes in a completely different direction, where sometimes I have, for example, five questions and I just stay. I, we keep talking about the first question because it is so interesting and it has so many layers to it. We just speak for half an hour about one question because uh, it is something that that is interesting to me, and I think is interesting to for the listeners So those are the things that I think are important. And what about you? What do you think is important for? A
2: well, I'm cu- I'm curious. I, I want to. Talk to you about some of the things that you said. I'm just curious when you say that sometimes you get stuck on the first question. How do you, what do you do? How do you balance that? Because it depends. So, for example, for Toastcaster, I have free reign because it's my own podcast. But for the Toastmasters podcast, it's for Toastmasters International. There's certain questions that need to be answered because the Toastmasters podcast is it's an extension of the magazine. So we usually interview people who have been featured or written about or commented or quoted upon uh, from the magazine. So we are limited for time. So I'm kind of curious. So did you get to those five questions or did you just say, Nope, that's fine. We just have the one or two and we're going to leave mm-hmm. it at
1: that. Sometimes it happens that we don't, we, we don't get to all of the questions. And uh, you know what, thinking about Toastmasters magazine, for example, I wrote an article in Toastmasters magazine four years ago about how to become a TEDx speaker. As Oscar mentioned, I'm a TEDx organizer. So I know from behind the stage what you need to do to to become a TEDx speaker. And uh, I wrote an article about this. And I think that there, there were several points like you need to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And if we had an interview about this on on a podcast then i would and i would start speaking about finding the right idea for a TEDx stage because this is the most important thing and if we s- spoke only about this how to find the right idea and what is the right idea to to become a TEDx speaker how to craft your message i think that this would be enough for the listener because you don't need to cover everything Whole or the whole article and then we could say okay if you want to learn more please have a look at the article in Toastmaster magazine and the, I think it would be enough so sometimes I feel that some of the elements are so important that we just can't leave it at the very shallow point and say it is important to have a great idea know why and how and what is a great idea so that that's why i'm I, i'm trying to be sensitive to those most important things that need to be discussed
2: yeah that's really a good point one of the things i do when i put questions together is i'll i'll bold a couple of places where i say these are a couple of points that i need to cover and even if it's just briefly towards the end but i I understand what you're saying about the the story because I'll give you an example of one time where it, it was a little challenging, but at the same time we also realized that we had a fixed amount of time. So we were interviewing a gentleman, uh, Ryan, my co-host Ryan Levesque. So there were two co two hosts and and a guest. And we were interviewing him, again, about Toastmasters. And for those of you who are not familiar with Toastmasters, it's an organization that helps people become better speakers and, and better leaders. And I know the, the three of us are sort of associated with Toastmasters. You can also check out Toastmasters.org. So my co-host Ryan and I, we were interviewing a gentleman. Again, it was based on an article that he had written. And he was talking about his wife being killed by a drunk driver. And what's interesting was that he started telling us the story and what had happened was Brian and I have a have a document in the background and we're texting back and forth to try to keep the flow going in the podcast. We're looking at the clock going, he's been speaking for seven minutes already. And we said, should we let him finish or should we interject? We just let him finish. He spoke for 10 minutes. Now, 10 minutes was way too long and he understood he was a Toastmaster, but it was such a gut-wrenching conversation, a gut-wrenching story that he was telling. And sadly, I had actually just lost my spouse about three months before that. And so we just let him talk. And when it was done, we realized that he was a Toastmaster. And so we said, and he understood. He said, I probably went on too long. And I said, well, understandably so. Because he was a Toastmaster, we asked him whether or not he could tell that story in three to four minutes. And he did. And it it was just wow, what, what he had gone through. In some cases, depending on the person you're talking to, you may not be able to be able to do something like that. So that's just an example of being a host. You have to be able to make that call. Do you let them talk or do you cut them off or do you politely find a way of, uh, of interjecting? And I think you touched upon this earlier about having to change your script on the fly. And sometimes you have to do that. My challenge sometimes is my short-term memory isn't the greatest. Like you were making some great points and I'm thinking, okay, I like to ask about this one and this one and this one, this one, but I know I can't. So which one is, is the most important? So again, that's one of the things going back to what you had asked me the question about what I think makes a great podcast host is I think that's one of them is somebody that's able to switch on the fly. Also a great podcast host is one that believes that it's not about them because some podcast hosts they'll ask the the guest a question they'll answer and then they'll top it to try to make them seem very smart or smarter i mean if that's the case then you just might you might just want to have an episode which is just you talking uh, talking by yourself so there's that and a great podcast host believes in the win 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 so there's there needs to be something there for the listener there needs to be something there for the guest and there also needs to be something there for a ho- for the host because there are some podcasts you listen to and you're thinking to yourself, this seems like a chore for this guy, this guy, like, is he really enjoying what he's doing? So my philosophy is, is that if you need as a host, you need to get a little bit out of it, just enough to keep your, your batteries recharged. And if you feel that you, you can't get enough out of it, then it's probably time to move on or it's time to, to retire the, um, the podcast. The other thing I think is, is being able to ask the right questions. So when I had asked that question of that gentleman, I just said, tell us a little bit about the, about the accident or about the situation. What I might've been able to do is just zero in on, on one aspect or just and ask him just in, in it, you know, briefly, or before the, before the episode, or before you start, when you're doing your prep, or when you're just having a little chit chat, when you're doing your sound check, at that point you might want to ask the individual, or just let the individual know that you're going to ask them about this particular situation, and just understanding that it's a long, you know, long story. Is it, you know, possible to compress it? Yeah, I think so,
1: that uh, that there are sometimes challenges with. Yeah. We, when uh, someone has a long story, or when someone does not have enough information on the topic, and uh, we need to be flexible to to adapt, because I had, for example, guests on my podcast who are great storytellers, and they could go on and on and tell stories of their lives and in uh, you know, all the details, describing emotions, and and then I'm like. Okay, let's get to the point. So, what's the <laughs> listeners? Because you know it is amazing that you are a great storyteller, but still as a guest, you need to give some uh, value to the listeners. So, I think that this is also a great thing to have in mind all the time as a podcast host and as a guest. That this conversation is intended to give value to someone who is listening to us. So we are not just, for example, here speaking about our podcasts and, you know, how great hosts we are. (laughs) We are trying to give them tips and based on our experience what to do and maybe what not to do. So having this person in mind who is currently listening to us and maybe making notes, maybe having some thoughts, maybe planning to start their own podcast. This is, I think, the best perspective to have, that we are not doing it for ourselves to tell our story, but we're doing it to give as much value as possible to, to our listeners.
2: Yeah, you just brought up something really interesting. You Listening to the people's stories, you've heard stories before sometimes, you know they're going to go on long, and that's a really good point. I guess another thing one could do is just ask for, can you maybe highlight three little points related to to something like this? So yeah, thanks for reminding me of that one. That was one i hadn't uh, I hadn't written down. It's almost like a table topic or a short question. short q and a is can you just give us three three points or or uh, or three highlights? I'd love to share another little story that's really interesting is that I found very fascinating that I learned. And the fellow's name is Greg van Borseman, and he's recently become an accredited speaker. And I interviewed him back originally in in 2015, and his story is very gut-wrenching. He was on the cover of the Toastmaster magazine. He was a martial arts expert. He was also the fight scene coordinator for Mad Max Fury Road and the special special director. It was the animation director, I can't recall the exact title, for um, Happy Feet, you know, the movie with the penguins. And what had happened was there was about 15 years between the Mad Max movies And what had happened with him is he was in a time in his life where things were going really wrong and he actually thought of taking his own life. And in fact, that's what he speaks on right now as an accredited speaker and as a professional speaker and coach. And what I recall happening is I had asked him ahead of time, whether or not it would be okay to talk about that. So I asked him that question ahead of time. So if there's something that's extremely sensitive, what I try to do is knowing that it could bring up emotion or you don't want to be in a situation where the person says, no, I don't want to answer that question. And my goal isn't to be, to have shock value. Like there's a a DJ or a host called Howard Stern. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him and he loves, he uses shock value to try to, you know, bring out the, the best or the worst in people. And so I'd asked him this question ahead of time, and ironically, when it came to that point in the chronology when we were speaking, he had jumped over that section. And so I sort of interjected a little, and I said, "Greg, is there a problem answering that question?" And he said, "No." He said, "I was just so into the story, I actually for uh, I actually forgot about it." Now, when I was doing some research for an article, uh, actually, I did an article in the Toastmaster magazine. It was the January 2021 issue called "Is There a." podcast in your future. When it came to difficult questions, I called Greg up and I asked him, I says, can I just chat with you a couple things? And I said to him, I said, you often speak with people who are in these situations where you're dealing with people or dealing with families or dealing with individuals, you know, that could be that, that have been a situation where they've been affected by suicide. And I said to him, I said, how would you handle that? So what he said to me was, because you know how sometimes if someone is dealing with grief or what have you, it's hard to ask. So he, he had suggested wording it something like, do you mind if I ask you a personal question because it might help me or the audience? And what he said to me was, is that if it comes from a place of learning or sharing of knowledge, he said, most likely you'll get a positive result you know how sometimes people feel inundated or it's like you don't want to bother them because they just experience something. And so I tried that the next time I had an interview where I had to ask someone a difficult question. And I was absolutely amazed as to, to how that worked. Yeah, pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is very important to be sensitive when, when speaking about complicated topics. And heavy, I think that it is very important to have this chat before that I want to ask you this, this, and this. This is what I, I'm doing, for example, when I'm starting, the, before starting the recording, we're having chit-chat, and uh, I say, okay, I want to discuss those areas. Don't you mind if I ask you this question? Would you be open to discussing this issue? So that they, are, they know what to expect. Of course, sometimes I'm also chale- challenging and asking follow-up questions. More or less, they already they they know which topics we're going to discuss. So, especially in this case that you mentioned, it is very important to be on the same page and not have any surprises on the way. Okay, so what do you think is the most uh, important thing advice for podcasters out there? What is the, the most important skill, in your opinion?
2: A lot of skills are necessary, in which when you realize when you start getting into podcasting, as time goes on, you realize, wow, there's a lot of skills that, that you can learn. I think one thing, if we're talking about being a podcast host, is to understand your guest and where they're coming from. Because sometimes you may assume, let's say there's a book you're going to be interviewing an author for a release of a brand new book, or perhaps it's a keynote speaker you're interviewing for some event that's happening is... And you may not realize, in fact, one case, I had a situation of a gentleman who was a keynote speaker, and when I got him on the line, he was nervous. And he was saying, did that sound okay? I didn't want to sound like a fool. And he he seemed almost intimidated. And I was a little intimidated by him because he was a platform, high-paying speaker. But what I discovered is he was an introvert, and his stage presentations are highly polished. They're highly practiced. But yet inside he has these little butterflies that are, that are constantly going on. The other thing is you may have an author who is great with the written word, but they may not be a Toastmaster. They may not have the, uh, the speaking experience. And so what I try to do is I try to gauge that ahead of time. And in fact, people seem to have this fear when there's a microphone in front of them. Like you're having a great conversation in the pre-chat or when the sound check. And then as soon as that microphone comes on, it's like, oh. So what I'll do sometimes is I'll just start talking to the person and then ask them something, you know, how are your kids or how's the weather or how was your flight in or something just to get them the conversation started. And in the meantime, you know, you've already hit the record button. Of course, you're going to edit all that part out, but you get them sort of, uh, you get them sort of comfortable. That's, I think, one skill that I think is important. Again, asking the good questions or asking solid questions as opposed to questions that just elicit a one word answer. And then sometimes what I might do is sometimes you had mentioned earlier about people that have these long stories, but then there are also others that just fill the time with facts and figures with no relevance to it. And then sometimes you just go, so what does that really mean? Or how does that make you feel? That they can't prepare for. So this is the way you get that sort of more natural flow. And that's also one of the reasons why I try not to give the questions ahead of time. I've had... Professional, what do they call uh, PR individuals? Where they say, "Well, no, our, my client wants all the questions ahead of time, so I'll give them sort of the questions, but I might just just stray a little bit." And again, that how does it make you feel, or you know, how do you think people look at that perspective, or or what do you think is going to happen because of it? Those are things generally that people don't prepare for. So those are those are my thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, I think.
1: that Add on top of those podcasting skills and asking the right questions and being flexible I would also add a very important more actions and uh, the business approach to podcasting because what I see is sometimes people treat it as a creative project oh it would be so nice to talk to people it would be a great idea to to record something and then we face the reality that you have to edit, you have to market it, because no one is listening if you're not getting out there and showing them regularly very often your episodes. You need to uh, you need to do all this all of this uh, work that is behind the scenes. And I think that many people that are not prepared for it and that's why I see great podcasts, great ideas that they go on for 10 episodes, maybe 20 episodes and then they fade away <laughs> and uh, they're, they're not so regular and they, or they're even not there anymore. So that, that's why I think that we need to understand that yes asking the right questions and having the right guests is a great idea but there is also a lot more work behind the scenes that people who are listening to podcasts, they don't realize it. They think, oh, it would be great to have a podcast. Then they, wow, did not expect that (laughs) I will be editing 10 times more longer than I'm uh, recording it. So this consistency and the attitude of a long-term project is very important for for long-term success in podcasting, because this is what I see. In the beginning, it was just me talking to no one. I I did not see the feedback. And then after some time, after several months, after a couple of years, I'm getting more and more positive feedback and opinions, that uh, and uh, people are saying that they're listening to my podcast regularly. Oh, really? Thank you for that. <laughs> but because, but in the beginning, it is not like that, unfortunately. So we need to prepare to be there for a long
2: time. Oh, I agree. When I first started, it was all about the technology. It was all about, this is so cool. Because again, again, being a bit of a tech geek, and now it's really more about eliciting the stories. Like Sometimes somebody will come on and you know that there's more of a story there. So you find a way to to pull that story in. And I love that you said the word prep because right on my screen, I have written my as a note notation of myself is prep, 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 prep yourself, prep your guest and prep your question. And the more you prepare yourself, the better it's going to be. Cause I know what exactly, what you're saying. You have these guys. Oh yeah, it's easy. I'll just on my phone. I'll just ask questions and yeah, it's okay. I'll just do this on the fly. Cause Hey, I'm a radio host or I'm a teacher. I'm this, I'm that. And I know how to do all this stuff. And you realize that. When you listen back to that first episode, you go, hmm, maybe I do need to prepare. And maybe that wasn't so good. But again, I know for sure that same with Oscar, that we're all lifelong learners. So we always want to try to find ways that there's always, how do we put it? It's not necessarily, the right answer isn't always the best answer. So there's always different ways of, of doing things. And in fact, I've taken away some tips here. And in fact, last time when Oscar, Heather Flanagan was on the show as well, you know, she brought up a number of points on our discussion that was like, wow, that's really interesting. And if we hadn't had that discussion, those points would not, would not have come out. Yeah.
0: Wow, wow, wow. What a fantastic conversation. I'm hitting with you. I'm back now. And. Yeah, many many ideas I I agree a lot with you and those could have been my, my answer to this, but there are others that absolutely I, I, I love everything I'm hearing this conversation. Actually, one that I, I think Greg, you mentioned earlier, one example of a podcaster who was very articulated when he spoke every word. To me, one of the underrated, if I answer only the last question, is... To me, we have to work in with our voices. And I think not all podcast hosts work on their voices, making sure that this, we sound good, we do the preparation for our voices. And that will be my, my only tip I'm giving today, because you're giving a lot of magnificent tips. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for this conversation. Well, let us know how our listeners can find you on the net, find your podcast or everything you do. Elena.
1: My podcast is called Ideas and Leaders. It is about communication, leadership, and business. I'm inviting business professionals. I'm inviting leadership experts, I'm inviting leaders, CEOs, team leaders. So it is usually very interesting perspectives on leadership. So you're you're invited to listen to it. And apart from this, I'm a communication coach and I, I'm doing TEDx coaching. And business training on uh, public speaking and communication skills. So uh, you can find me on my website, com or also on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Feel free to come in.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Greg?
2: Well, the two podcasts one's called Toastcaster. It's like Toastmaster, but with a C, it's a communication and leadership learning lab, I call it. It's a podcast for communication leadership. Originally, it was part of my Toastmasters district, but I decided to continue it on for myself. I've been doing that since 2006. And I'm also very honored to be the co-host and producer for the Toastmasters international podcast. So Toastcasters at toastcaster.com and the Toastmasters podcast is at toastmasterspodcast.com. You can find me as well at gadgetguy.ca or gadgetgreg.com. Or you can just Google Greg and I think there's only one or two others around the world, but you can probably figure out <laughs> figure out which one is me.
0: Thank you very much. Again, thank you, Elena. Thank you, Greg, for all this piece of advice that will help many people to become, as you are, great podcast hosts. Thank you and all the best. Thanks. Are you working on the tech industry? If so, do you want to start taking action, crafting your own tech talk and soon getting booked to speak? I have designed specially for you who work in the technology industry an online training program. Rock the Tech Stage On Demand is an online self-paced training course to become a successful speaker in tech events. Visit today www.rockthetechstage.com on demand and start your journey now.